Before diving into today's episode, did you know that this podcast has a supporters club? By becoming a member, you not only gain access to exclusive content, but also play a crucial role in supporting your favorite podcast. See the link in the episode description to find out more. Now, let's get back to the episode. <laughs> How's it going out there? You know something? That nice wind is really coming in nicely, man. And you know, it'll never go away for a while. At least until November 7th. But you know, we're going to have to go ahead and pick it up because we've still got a lot more insightful things to deal with. A lot more wild wickedness ahead. Because, indeed, it is still Monster Fest. And also, welcome to the J-Man Show here on K360 Radio. How's it going, J360 Legion? What is happening? Welcome to the J-Man Show for episode 312, baby. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! That road to 400 is really, really getting closer, you know what I mean? Every step we take, and not only that, it's also the best time of the year, you know? Monster Fest. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> and let me just tell you this, we've got another round of Nightmare Tales happening for you all. But right now, I'm also trying to you know, brain bleach my mind, because, you remember when I told you guys about Night Killer? Alright? Today, I think I just saw a movie on the same parallel as that. And this one had Kane Hodder in it. Now, God knows what he was playing as, but he was covered, he, he looked kind of like Quan Chi, you know what I mean? If Quan Chi had a midlife crisis, a little overweight, but still at the same time carried an axe. Like, you know, he still had that whole Jason-esque about him. And I love Kane Hodder. I think he's great. But you see, this particular movie he was in, what happened? It seemed like everything was going on at once. It was like, okay, a deconstruction of everything that you know. Kind of like how, let's say, if Scream talks about the conventions that happen in like slashers and horrors, this movie right here would pretty much deconstruct that by making things happen similar, but changing it up. And not only changing it up for the sake of, hey, let's go ahead and experiment with this. It did it to the point where you're kind of confused about what is going on. You know what I mean? I, I didn't even know whether we were in Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. I mean, I understand doing different things because, you know, it, it keeps it fresh. 
But at the same time, it got to have a little bit of structure in there somewhere. And I got to also give a damn about these characters and where they're going. And, like, most of these characters in this film, you know, they weren't really characters, per se. They were more or less stereotypes of what happens in a typical horror movie. And then not to mention, like, look, I love women. <laughs> I love the female form and everything about it. I don't agree with all this crazy censorship that happens regarding females, but let me just say this, though. This movie right here really annoyed the hell out of me. You know, like how, like, sometimes, say, like, if you're doing, like, male gaze and all that kind of stuff where, you know, you're seeing the girl's butt and everything, and it's like, yeah, this is this is great. I don't know whether this uh, director who wrote, who also wrote the movie, by the way, I don't know if he was just so fascinated about the amount of women that he had on this movie, because they were good looking women, don't get it twisted now. He's got an eye for talent, but there's no reason to have like three cuts of the same shot going on for every time like these women appear. And you know, you get kind of bored after a little bit when you realize like, this character has no bearing on the plot other than she's hot. You know, there's, like I say, a lot of y'all probably disagree with me about that because of the Massacre movies and all that stuff out there. Well, Massacre movies are designed for that sort of thing. That's why they're enjoyable in their own way. But when it comes to substance, though, eh, it really ain't much fun after you get to that point. That, oh, yeah, she's running around in her negligee and, you know, the guy with the drill's coming. That's a little different. This, on the other hand, I'm like, well... Is there a satanic cult running about? Like, what exactly is going on in this small town? And then not to mention, everybody else in that movie was completely unhelpful. So you're looking to see, like, nobody to survive. I mean, maybe except the one dude, Noah. Because he, you can feel for him because he recently lost his girlfriend in the movie. You know, because... And speaking of which, they twisted that whole final girl trope on its head because... She got... <laughs> You know, it's kind of like I spit on your grave mixed in like whatever they did to that woman in the Devil's Rejects or something like that or or the Hills Have Eyes. You know what I'm saying? Like they really messed her up. And I was like, yo, okay, maybe there's some freshness here. But it's so uneven and disjointed. It was like, damn, I, I don't know if I can give this a rating or not. And indeed, like you really don't feel for anybody except like Noah. Like, everybody else, on the other hand, they were going to kind of keel over anyway. And then you wonder what Kane Hodder and the boys were trying to do. And I think they were a satanic cult. You know what I'm saying? So, when you look at that kind of stuff, you're kind of like, okay, cool. Like, you know, like, you've never seen this before. You know what I'm saying? The movie was called Muck, and I was like, alright. Alright, you know, not my favorite. I mean, I've been going into some ones and two territory for this week of Monster Fest as of late for some reason. But don't don't you worry, don't you worry. There's still a lot more stoke to bring into the fire, so we just gotta get through the bad and embrace the good and then the approachable. And keep in mind this, it's not about whether the movie's good or bad, it's about like whether they're watchable and worth your time. And that's kind of the way we go about things along with the bloody knuckle system. Like, you know, there's been a lot of threes, there's been a lot of fours. I haven't seen the five of the season yet, but I'm sure it's coming. 
So, like I said, we got plenty of time, we got plenty of different days going on, and it's also amazing. Uh, speaking of which, though, um, the J360 Discord is linked. It's right down here in the description box below. So, any of y'all want to join me in for these Monster Fest movie nights that are coming soon, you know, now's the time to go ahead and do that thing. You know what I'm saying? Lots of stuff is happening. And, you know, we're going to be watching movies on Saturday from 7 o'clock to, I want to say, at least 10, depending on how long the movie is and what we got on stack. See what I mean? So this is going to be pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, another thing. Let's go on ahead and get into these nightmare tales, you know what I mean? Because this isn't a review episode, per se, so... But yeah, I just gotta let you guys know that. Sometimes when you look at these horror movies, it's like, some of the people are probably trying. Some of them probably got inflated budgets. And then you know what? Some of them just suck. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when you really think about it. Anyway, let's try this for your first tale tonight. The grinning face stared at me from the darkness beyond my bedroom window. I live on the 14th floor. Hmm, not bad. Not bad. Tasteful, even. <laughs> but you know, sometimes if you look in the mirror sometimes, you do see, like, different things that you haven't seen, like, from your perceptual visual. You know what I mean? Like, from, like, say, like, things that you're used to. Like, you'll see things that, you know, I guess because the way we focus on things as humans, we, like... Forget that certain objects are there. But yeah, you can start seeing stuff. Like, even like when you look out of a window or something like that, it feels like something's looking back at you. And you know, nine times out of ten, it could be like a departed relative or whatever. It could be a lot of things. And you know what? Like I said, I'm not responsible for if I keep you up late at night with some of these tales because they do be hidden. You know, kind of like this one. Sleep did not come to me easily that night in the cabin in the woods. For the portrait on the wall only portrayed the deformed, the decrepit, and the damned. Sleep has never come easily to me ever again. For when I woke, I found no portraits, only windows. Yeah, see things like that. You know, I, I love art too. So anybody that knows me knows that I really do love art, portraits, and things that tell a story. And um, have you noticed like some of the artwork that is out there is just relatively creepy like you can like see like everything unfold it's not even a moving picture but in a way it has motion to it like anything dealing with the apocalypse or anything dealing with like the um any revolutionary picture and all that stuff and it's like you can just hear anguish and all that stuff coming out of there and every i always sit there and look at that and i'm like who the hell would get a print of this and put it in their house you know what i mean because see here's the thing if you think that that Uncle Sam poster is creepy where he's like pointing and looking at you and no matter where you go or no matter where you stand at, he's looking right at you pointing. Can you imagine seeing like a whole series of like the Battle of Bunker Hill as you walk through like one of your hallways and stuff like that, showing you all the anguish that every single soldier in that went through and including like any sort of war uh, piece, you know? It's like really, really creepy sometimes. And especially with a story like that. No portraits, only windows, huh? Mm. Yeah, that's some wild stuff, man. <laughs> it just gets you thinking sometime. And whenever I do the Monster Fest, it's always like that. And that's why I'm like, as I got posters around here, they're usually of J360 things. They're not of like 
<laughs> and he always said, because you never know, that poster might come to life and talk to you. Which, by the way, let's take a look at this. I always thought my cat had a staring problem. She always seems fixated on my face. Until one day I realized that she was always looking just behind me. Ooh, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be like that, too. Like, say, like, if you bought, like, a really old home. I mean, I remember talking about this um, in the last episode, like, where squatters will go into your home and you don't know about it. Like, you might think that you might be in your house by yourself, but unless you're checking, like, the crawl spaces and all that stuff, someone's ass might be living in there. Like, people are desperate now. So I always tell you guys to, like, check these things, but make sure you have, like, a way of defending yourself because whereas you think this is your home, chances are that little crawl space or whatever that person is or somebody living in that dumb waiter. You know what I'm saying? Like, anytime you hear, like, sounds in your house or things that go bump in the night and stuff and you know it's not you but you know you live alone, mm-hmm, sus. All of it is Sus. <laughs> but then again, like I said, the cat would know because, like, they see everything. A dog would know too, but you know, like, if anything, a cat is very stealthy about it. Then again, I don't know. It depends on the animal. I would like to say a dog would chase the hell out of that person or whomever it is, unless they feed it, and then all of a sudden, you know, they made a friend. You know, there's always something wild with that. Uh, here's another one for you guys. There is nothing like the laughter of a baby. Unless it's 1 a.m. and you're home alone. Damn! That's dark, man. Oh, man. See, I am not a parent yet, but I gotta say this. I remember seeing this one story, right? Where all of a sudden, like, you know, these parents, they were really concerned about their child. So they had baby monitors set up and everything. And then there's the chance where they're looking at the baby monitor and they're making sure, like, the baby's okay. And then all of a sudden you see, like, the baby just laying there in the crib. Nothing's going on. Nothing's going on. But then comes the moment where they actually go and check on the baby. There's nothing there. And what they've been looking at was a recording the whole time. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, if, if I was ever to have, like, a fear as a parent, that would definitely be one of them. Because, see, like, you can't protect your kids from everything. But you see, when they're like infants and all that kind of stuff, you really, really are careful then, you know? And it's just like, oh my gosh. Or like, you know, anybody, like a stranger could be sitting there rocking the baby and all that kind of stuff. It, it's it's weird. And I think like a lot of people really do get strange around children too. Like I remember um, reading another story where like certain adults tried to abduct children and then, like, there was one that was saying, I want to buy that baby. And then, like, this woman kept chasing another woman to buy her baby as she was just out there shopping with her kids. But, like, some random strange woman just kept going on and on about it till it became an issue. That's the thing. That's why sometimes I'm happy I'm not a parent. But then there's times where, you know, you want to continue the gene pool. You want to continue on your legacy and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's just one of those damn if you do, damn if you don't kind of choices, but oh my god, it's just really, really creepy. Especially the way like these weird ass crones and crazy people out here go after people's kids. And you know, there's no exception to the rule when it comes to infants. So, jeez. Oh man. But anyway, I got some full link ones for you guys too. And speaking of like dealing with kids and everything, 
This one's called Betsy's Voice. Boy Scouts on camping trips tell their rookie recruits a story that dates back to the early days of scouting after World War II. In a forest surrounding an abandoned airfield, there was an old home where scouts would play hide-and-seek. The place has been bought cheaply by a young couple, Betsy and her husband Johnny, before the war. They hoped to renovate it and make it their perfect family home. Betsy was an aspiring singer whose career was cut short by the outbreak of the war. She was driving down the truck. No, she was driving down the track from the house one night, where a truck full of soldiers came back from the pub the other way. They were making a racket, completely inebriated and distracting the driver. He took his eyes off the road for a moment to tell them to pipe down, just long enough to veer into Betsy's path, crashing headfirst into her with the car and killing her instantly. Her body was so badly disfigured that the police wouldn't let her husband, Johnny, say goodbye to her. She was identified only by the large diamond ring he had given her, a family heirloom. Johnny buried the ring with her, devastated, and moved to another country, letting the house go to ruin. Many years later, the house was discovered by a group of scouts on a hike through the forest from their camp, and it seemed like the perfect place to light a campfire, play games, and tell creepy stories. But it was not an idealistic Boy Scout adventure. The first thing he noticed was a female voice joining them in songs around the fire, which was odd because back then girls weren't allowed in the scouts. Above the crackling of the flames, they heard her again, and it sounded as if she was inside the house. Finally, they saw her, initially looking out of the window and walking around the campfire, a terribly disfigured girl in a pretty dress. Then Betsy was gone. The next morning, the boys could not be awoken. Oh, oh. <laughs> could not be awoken. His mates were horrified to discover he was dead. The only signs of any injured suffered were some nasty scratches on his face. Betsy did it, cried one of the boys when he saw the body, and after some coaxing, he recounted what happened that night. Betsy had returned to pay the lads a favor in the small hours and woken two of the boys with her singing. They asked him one by one if they thought she had a beautiful voice. The first boy had been too scared to answer, and the angry Betsy slashed him across the face with her diamond ring, saying that once he fell asleep, he would never wake up again. The other, She asked the other boy the same question, and without hesitation, he had told her that he indeed, she indeed had a beautiful voice. So Betsy smiled and disappeared in the woods, singing along the way. The terrified boys tried to stay awake, but eventually they both fell asleep, and only one of them awoken in the morning. And to this day... Scouts are told to listen out for Betsy around the campfire and tell her what she wants to hear. She always wanted to be a singer, but she never liked critics. Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you know, here's the thing. There's always been an issue about, like, um, unfulfilled singers and, like, people who had big dreams, big scope of said dreams, but... They never follow through because of an outside circumstance or, you know, overprotective parents or, you know, all sorts of situations where, like, it just never happened. I wouldn't hold it against what this story was about regarding Betsy because, like, it could be Rachel in another area. It could be, you know, Wilma in another life. It could be a whole bunch of different people that are going through that kind of stuff. And, you know, sometimes to ease that spirit, you do need to say something. But, you know, the thing is, though, I wonder why Betsy didn't sign up for USO so that she could go ahead and travel singing. You know what I mean? Like, there's always a way about that. But I, I guess she probably didn't know at the time. 
But that's a damn sad way to go out, though. Getting hit by a car to the point where you're disfigured. You know? But hey, you gotta be watching out for them ghost bitches, man. Alright, try this one. After so many years of living alone in this large house, I came to a startling revelation. And this time, I had closed far more doors than I had opened. Very true. Like, once again, you never know what else is living in that house. <laughs> this is wild. And not the not the most scariest one that I've dealt with so far on doing this series, but... Yeah, that's something to pay attention to. Here's one called Milk Bottles. Two old men ran a general store in a small town in the American Midwest. The depression had hit and business was hard. The customers stopped visiting and soon only a few regulars were keeping them afloat. One day, a young woman dressed in all white entered the store carrying an empty milk bottle. She placed it on the counter and one of the men filled it with milk from the churn, asking for 10 cents in return. The girl who had a sad look in her eyes did not reply. She picked up the bottle and quietly left the store. The man was too surprised to say anything, and when he followed her out of the shop, she was nowhere to be found. He went back inside, muttering to himself that she was probably a migrant from the city who didn't know how things worked out there. He told his partner what had happened and to watch out for her. The next day, she returned again, carrying an empty milk bottle. This time he told her that he knew that times were hard, but she had to pay like everybody else. He filled the bottle from the churn, but again she ignored him and walked out with the milk. On this occasion, though, however, the two men were ready, and they followed her through the town. She moved quickly, but they could barely keep up. But they saw that she hid it for the church and stopped in front of a gravestone where she disappeared. The two men couldn't believe their eyes, but they figured they couldn't both be seeing things. Then they heard the sound of a baby crying close by, but they couldn't see anybody. They realized the noise was coming directly from the gravestone where the woman had vanished into thin air. They returned with shovels from the store and formed the sheriff on their way. As they dug into the grave, the crying got louder. When they lifted the coffin out, they found a live baby inside next to the woman from the store, who was clearly dead with two empty milk bottles. Whew! (laughs) What a chill, huh? 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 (laughs) oh man yeah you gotta be careful about that one you know like um there are women out there you know they'll do anything for their kids especially beyond the grave but all i know is is that damn the baby was still alive the whole time that she was buried (laughs) makes you think huh ah here's another one for you It's been watching me for hours now. Sometimes I catch glimpses of its reflection on the computer screen. But I dare not turn around. Oof. Oof. Okay, okay. This one's called Clowning Around. A couple went out for a dinner date one night and left their children on a new babysitter. The mother was a little unsure about her as she was quite young and the children hadn't been sleeping well. Mostly because they have been scaring each other with stories about a boogeyman hiding in their bedroom. She wanted to ring to check and see how things were going at home, but the father reassured her, saying that it was better to not interfere. Just then, the mother's mobile phone rang and the babysitter, who, and it was the babysitter, who said there was no problem, the kids were fine. 
But the clown was creeping out all of them. Would it be okay if she moved it? What clown, the mother asked. That weird clown figure that is standing in the corner of the living room, the sitter explained. The mother told her to grab the children, go next door immediately, and call her as soon as they got there. The babysitter replied, okay, but why? There's nothing to worry about. The mother replied, there is something to worry about. We don't own a clown statue. <laughs> yes! Oh, I love that! You know, like, I can feel a chill coming, but I do love stories like that. Oh, damn! <laughs> you know? Like I say, you dare not turn around because that damn thing might be a lot more real than you think. Oh, man. Woo! <laughs> Speaking of which, hey, try this one, okay? Put back the mirrors. We miss watching you. Hey, keep in mind this. There's always somebody watching you. Creepy, huh? Uh, now, as we keep moving forward, this one is called Don't Look Behind You. A young woman was driving home in her new SUV one night from a 24-hour supermarket. The high driving position made her feel safer on the road after her last car, a hatchback, was written off in an accident with a truck. A few minutes after she had pulled into a main road, she noticed bright lights in her rearview mirror. She paid no attention to them, but they continued to dazzle her. The large truck behind her was flashing his lights. She decided to ignore the driver and accelerate away from him. It wasn't safe to stop, and she wasn't far from her home in the suburbs where her boyfriend would be waiting. Then the truck loomed into her mirror again, and she could see the driver trying to get her to pull over. She was worried he was going to ram her off the road, but as soon as she reached her junction and pulled off the main road, to her horror, however, she saw that the truck was still following her. So she put her foot down and screeched to the halt outside of her home, running for the door. The truck driver pulled up way behind her, lowered his window, and yelled, Get in your house and lock the door! She turned around in surprise as her boyfriend opened the door and saw in the truck's headlights a man rolled out from underneath her car and ran off down the road. When he had gone, the truck driver got out of his cab and explained and approached to her and explained how he'd been following her since she had left the supermarket. The guy's been hanging underneath your car all the way here. I think he had a knife. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, that's the classic bright light story anyway. You know what I mean? Like... Everybody uh, who, who's anybody that loves urban legends usually knows this story. And being that it's Monster Fest, I wanted to go ahead and throw a classic towards you guys. And yeah, this was the one to throw to you guys right here. And you know, like dealing with, um, you know, driving can be creepy in its own way too. Because you never know who's really following you going to the same place you're going. And lots of great stories are made from this. Because I remember one dealing with the hitchhiker that would always appear wherever a driver was going, saying, going my way, going my way. And the woman, no matter, a woman or man, no matter whomever it is that's driving, is doing whatever they can to get away from this hitchhiker, but they never could. And then it turns out that it's all futile because the hitchhiker is death. This person has been dead for quite some time, just driving around aimlessly, Died in a car accident, mind you. Going to whomever or wherever. And Death is looking for a ride to take them someplace. No matter where they're going, they're going together. That is very wicked, isn't it? You know? When you really think about it. Oh, speaking of which. 
You stupid bastard, I cried as he tied me to the rails. You don't know this line has been abandoned for years. Of course I know, he said, walking away. No one comes here at all. That sucks. And you know, like I say, the scariest thing next to dealing with things that are really, really creepy are the things that are usually in your own head. And then the moment where you realize that you're all alone in the world. Complete isolation. Cut off from everything. Your phone is disconnected. You got no service. And you're just right there. And that whole source of darkness. And the only one that can save you is yourself. But then again, if you're working with me, I bet money on you. You'll be fine. I mean, you'll probably be emotionally scarred for a little bit as that void uh, envelopes around you. But... You'll be fine. I like to say, right? <laughs> Things like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just over here taking a look and seeing, like, what else can I throw at you guys? Because I know I probably throw quite a lot at y'all. But, um, yeah, when it comes right down to it, let's see. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We got another one. Here we go. They delivered the mannequins in bubble wrap. From the main room, I begin to hear popping. Hmm. Alright, that one is, uh, okay. That one is okay. Like, hmm. Because, I mean, like, the person could still be there unwrapping the mannequins and all, so. I don't know. See, it's a two-sentence horror story this time, so it's like, when you look at it, it's like, you don't want to go too heavy on it, but at the same time, it's like... Uh, not the best one tonight. Not bad, though. Not the best one. Speaking of which, let's try this one. The operation wasn't successful in the traditional sense since my sight didn't return, but it left me with the ability to distinguish heat signatures, at least. Three weeks have passed, and I'm still not sure how to politely ask my best friend why he's rum temperature. Hmm, I don't know. This one, uh... Hmm, I don't know. I mean, I see what they're trying to say, but... Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> like I said, they can't all be winners, but I mean, like, at least they're trying, so that's not bad. It's kind of like when you get to a certain movie in a franchise where you realize the main core of what made this work is not there anymore. And sometimes that usually happens with either the fourth installment, but damn sure it's probably going to be the fifth installment. You know what I mean? Like some of those long runners, let's say like, you know, like Saul, like Scream, or even the top three if you want to. Like there are moments in that series where they really miss the point of everything. Even Chucky's stuff kind of missed the point. Like, I personally want to say around, like, the fifth movie is where they missed the point. The sixth one brought it back, and then the seventh one really brought it back, and now you got the series and all that stuff. Like, hey, look, I know, like I said, we're not going to nosedive into these and stuff like that, because everybody does. But, you know, I'm using this as, like, a frame of reference right now. There's always that one that really misses the point and could really break the series. You know what I'm saying? Because your suspense of disbelief is gone, and you've gotten to know this character enough to see exactly what sort of malevolence are they going to go about doing, you know? It's kind of like with the Phantasm films, too. Like, when you saw the first one, that was creepy enough. Then you saw the second one, eh, okay, 
there, but still it had the same tone and texture as the first one did. But then when you got about to the third one, it's like, alright, alright, I, I had enough of this. Or like when you watch Warlock. And the first one, decent. Second one, what the... No, no, second one wasn't that bad. Third one, not not as much fun. By the way, R.I.P. to Julian Sands. Great, great actor, by the way. Especially for the first two. I mean, like, if anything, we saw it because of him. And it could be a different take on the Warlock character anyway. But yeah, interesting take on it. But what I'm saying is, is like, you'll get to that point where some things, they were there, conventional and stuff, and then there's that break in the series. Like, some people really couldn't stand that Godzilla was actually more of a hero to kids at one point. But they damn sure loved the idea when the Heishi era came along, and Godzilla was like either on his side, or something came along where we needed him. You know what I'm saying? because <laughs> if there's one thing that godzilla loves he loves the earth so you gotta admit that you know what i mean of any incarnation that you can think of he's gonna protect his planet mostly because he lives here but at the same time it's like this he's a sign of guess what science gone wrong and you know that's why i love that character that's why i love monster fest and all that stuff like you know, I'm looking forward to, like, the next Godzilla vs. Kong movie. I know there is the uh, supplemental series that's coming out on um, Apple TV. I hope it's good. I just really don't feel like going for another streaming network right now. So I just wanted to let you guys know about that whole thing, where I stand regarding, like, the new stuff. But I know Godzilla Minus One is coming, and um, I'm ready for it. It'll be coming in December for, like, um, U.S. Uh, movie theater options, right? Okay, so then guess what? This is what I'll do then. You know, I'm going to go to the movie theaters to see that, obviously. And I will go ahead and make a final Monster Fest rating, off-season Monster Fest rating, for that movie. Okay? That's something we'll do. Yup, yup, yup. So don't ever think that I'm not doing anything for you. <laughs> Hmm. Alright, let's see about another story for you guys. When I finally grabbed her in the darkness, I swam back to the surface. It never occurred to me how fast ice could freeze over. Hmm, okay, yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty damn cold. Oh, come on. Let me have that one, all right? You know what I mean? It's not my fault that I'm so damn good at puns. You guys got to work with me about that. You know J-Man can sling them, baby. <laughs> Don't believe him. Oh, it's like that, huh? All right, carry on. Here's another one. You start to drift into a comfortable sleep when you hear your name being whispered. You live alone. Yeah, yeah, that's why. I don't know. I don't know. Do you, you know? Because the experience can be different for anybody. Do you all hear voices? That's a very short question, and I know some of you have many voices that live in you. But let's say, like, you know, there's a moment where you're actually at peace and you're actually calm. Do you hear voices? You know, and I'm not talking about your neighbors and all that stuff. I mean, like, in a serene state of mind, almost like meditation to a point. Do you hear voices? Well, maybe sometimes you guys will probably respond to me about it, but there are moments where I hear a voice, 
And, I, and it's not like it's my conscience or anything. It's like, there's a moment where I can hear, like, a voice somewhere and stuff like that. Like I said, there's supernatural things that we don't really know about, per se, and it can go that far. You know, I'm just being pretty honest about this one. So, letting you know. <laughs> I just figured I'd go ahead and mention that, you know, where we're going about this one. Uh, speaking of which... Hmm. Alright, let me go ahead and give you a better one, though. Those two sentence horror stories are pretty good, but let's go ahead and end on a high note, because we're running out of time in the show. This particular one, this is called Gas Attack. Authorities blamed an unusual diet and a lack of ventilation for the death of a morbidly obese man found in his home in Florida. Oh, well, this is Florida. Anyway, keep going. Neighbor hadn't seen or heard the man for several days and alerted the police, knowing that he was unwell. Doctors first assumed that he had died as a result of his bulk, but the first paramedics on the scene note that the room was full of foul odor that left them unable to breathe. They had to be hospitalized after collapsing due to the smell. The man had produced so much methane gas from his own flatulence in his small, unventilated room that he had suffocated in his sleep. A post-mortem revealed dangerous levels of gas still in the system and large amounts of beans and Brussels sprouts, his favorite foods, in his stomach. Well, that makes perfect sense. I mean, you know, what with beans and um, Brussels sprouts and... Wow, that, that's actually healthy food, unless he dipped that stuff in grease or something. You know what I mean? Because here's the thing. Like, okay, all that mixed in just right, and then it just, you know, grip and rip, grip and rip, grip and rip, and stuff. I just can't see... Oh, that must be one small room. Yeah, yeah, okay. If it's small, unventilated, and he's uh, practically shitting himself, um, got to think this through. No, we don't have to think this through, right? But <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of interesting to think about. Now, you got to imagine me doing like one of those CSI kind of um, investigations where you see like the flashes and all and, you know, like how the person really went through it and how I speculated that he shitted himself to death. Which, allegedly, that's possible. Allegedly, because you lose a lot of water back there. Anyway, anyway. Let's go ahead and dive into another one before we get on out of here. This one is called Food Goes to Your Head. People always say that you should immerse yourself in the local culture when you visit a new country. And at the very least, you should try the food. However, it's right to be wary about what you're eating on your trips to exotic destinations. An American woman who had recently returned from South America was ill for weeks. She rightly assumed that she hadn't picked up something great for her when she was abroad, but she didn't know what it was. Then, they, then she began to suffer violent seizures. When doctors scanned her brain, they found a liaison of sort. Oh, okay. Which had to be investigated to establish whether it was cancerous or not. She underwent a six-hour procedure that had to be performed while she was still awake, as it was such a sensitive area of the brain. Her doctors were shocked to discover that a parasitic tapeworm had burrowed inside of her brain tissue, causing much damaging inflammation. If such swellings become too big or in the wrong place, they can cause the blood flow to the brain to be cut off. They were able to remove the worm from the woman's head, and she made a full recovery. Doctors believe that the parasite entered her body after she ate a port taco on vacation. 
The tapeworm spread as a result of poor hygiene when preparing food, thus allowing its eggs to enter the human gut and develop into a worm, which then travels through the bloodstream and, if you're particularly unlucky, burrows itself into the brain. Damn! Hey, I don't know how real that is, but there are moments like... Okay, okay, tapeworms are definitely real. That's scary. But when it comes right down to it, I guess it would travel through the bloodstream. And Wow. Uh, should, should I leave you guys with that one? Huh. Questionable. Very questionable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll leave with that one. <laughs> I know it's wicked, but damn it, it's Monster Fest. And at the end of the day, you know, it is what it is. I'm a very non-partial judge. You know what I mean? Besides, I'm sure there's going to be a lot more happier moments on this series. Don't believe him. Yeah, you better not. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm kind of morbid these days. But, hey, it is what it is, though. And I'm glad that I could go ahead and present some pretty cool stories to you all. At least get you thinking. At least get you entertained. But just remember, like, nobody's out to get you. I mean, like, you're going to be safe and sound. No one's going to, um, you know... Ra you know, wrap something around your neck and go ahead and try to take something from you and stuff. After all, they usually just kill for pleasure. I mean, they're not really over here trying to get to you. You'll be fine. <laughs> Alright, well, anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. We better go ahead and cut it off here. I mean, I'm really getting ghoulish now. Alright, I want you guys to take care of yourselves. We will meet again. Catch you all soon. Hope to see you on the movie nights and all that stuff. And um, if you have time and you want to watch me, go ahead and take out some zombies on the power play. That's happening a little bit later tonight. All right? And that's going to be happening on twitch.tv slash j360tv. But until then, though, this is J-Man signing off. Take care of yourselves. Peace. <laughs>